Welcome back, everybody, to the Liberty on Fire podcast, where we discuss hot topics in the news and on social media. So, Joey, before we started off air, we spoke about topics for today, and uh, I think it makes sense to do just a quick update on Smollett. And then today we have some breaking news on February 27th. Michael Cohen was uh, interviewed by the House Oversight Committee, and we could talk about his testimony. What do you think about that? We'll talk about what what happened in there and what he said, and and I'm not even sure why he was really there, but we'll get into that. Okay, so how about we start with Smollett. If there's anything new, go from there. Okay, with Jussie Smollett, it's getting to be a bit of an old story, and but we have to kind of wrap it up. We've talked about him, so we have to finish it. So last time that we talked about him, they had found that the two guys that were persons of interest were actually two black dudes from Nigeria that were friends with him. I do remember that, correct. So the what's happened since then, the last time we talked about it, is they the police have been have interviewed those guys and they got to the bottom of it and they found that those guys were given thirty five hundred dollars by Jussie and Jussie staged the whole thing and it all came crumbling down and the police officially finally said that Jussie is a suspect and he staged this attack and so the show's over for Jussie. And he um he staged the whole thing, but apparently the reason was because he was not happy with his salary, which I don't really totally buy that. I don't know if you know the salary really was was the big deal. I don't know. I don't know why he staged it. So his salary was about sixty-five thousand an episode, which came out to about a million dollars a year. Is that right? Yeah, I think I've heard a few numbers, but I think that's around what it was. Yep. And there's one thing we probably have to consider. There's a chance we could owe Jesse a a big apology that we got this all wrong, and that those guys were just his personal trainers, and that this was all some sort of TRX training accident, and the the noose around his neck was really you know one of the ropes for the exercises, and you know everybody jumped to conclusions. And what do you, what do you think about that scenario? Well. Uh, you know, he is still denying that he staged it. So if if he's denying he staged that, and these guys are, these guys we already know are are black and and they're friends with him and they're his athletic trainer. So I don't know. Maybe that's his story, but we haven't heard his story yet. So I don't I don't know. He'd have to come up with something pretty pretty weird like that. Yeah, maybe they were because that's what he said. They he he's saying or his lawyers are saying that no, we can actually give evidence that the check was for personal training for a music video that they're going to do. So maybe that's a story. But the thing is, um, he was out of town like for three weeks and the video was scheduled to be shot like in, in another week or so. So he was out of town for three weeks. Then he came back and then those guys, the two Nigerians flew out of town back to Nigeria for two weeks. So it doesn't even make sense. Like he paid them $3,500 for a like five week training program is what he was the lawyer said which he wasn't going to be there for, you know, they were only going to be together for about a week. So, no, I don't know. Maybe um, that's what he'll go with. I I was just kidding, basically. I I really, from the beginning, the story smelled really bad. And all the way through, it just seemed like he kept digging himself new holes. It was ridiculous from the get-go. But it's still just pretty funny how this guy's not admitting it. I kind of feel bad for him, to be honest. Yeah, so I, I wrote a quick blog on our website, libertyonfire.org. And in that blog, I 
kind of went through the same sort of feelings that at this point, it looks like to me that he's basically ruined his career. And instead of coming out and apologizing, which, which I think people will forgive you if you come out and admit things and apologize, but early on, not after, you know, 10 weeks after you're caught and everybody tried to call you out on it and you kept, you know, playing up the lie. I think it's too late now. So yeah, at this point, it just looks like a pathetic situation for him. I feel sad. I pity him. And even more importantly, the people who are still defending him. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I pity them too. It, it's just, I don't understand how you can have that much of a biased uh, or activist position about the situation and still want to defend this guy. You know, at, at some point, I mean, it looks like the media, little by little, is rolling over on him or just ignoring it. I don't know how you could possibly defend him or believe him. Because then you, you have to acknowledge that the two Nigerians are the guys that hit him. So what do you think in your head if you're saying you believe Jesse? It doesn't make any sense. Okay, so that sad story, I think, is coming to rest finally. I think we touched on it just about every podcast so far. Hopefully we don't have to bring it up again. Maybe, you know, when they sentence him. Uh, to a year in jail or something we'll just mention that but i think it's dead yes and do you prediction though do you do you predict his career totally for sure done or will he get a pass one day i think eventually he'll get a pass i don't know so do i if he was on the right do you think he'd still get a pass no no if you're a right winger and something like this happened your uh your career is completely over and you're never going to come back yeah i agree that's the sad thing about that and then there there was a joke going around at one point that he was going to end up as a, a CNN analyst or pundit. That could be for real. Uh, that that has a better chance of happening than I think his acting career coming back to life. Yep, and I think that's the big mistake he made. He he probably thought, okay, do I dig in and go with this lie, or do I come clean and say I made it? And he thought. Well, for my career will be over, so I have to keep going in the lie and saying that you know I didn't do this. But in reality, I don't think his career would have been over if he apologized and and said you know hey I'm I'm really sorry I was really stupid I was trying to raise awareness for you know Cory Booker and Kamala Harris's lynching bill and uh, really it was a moment of poor judgment. I think he would have been forgiven. Yeah, I, uh, most people like to forgive people. We like to give people second chances. And when it's obvious that someone's lying, I mean, you just, and and they keep playing up the lie, you just lose all respect. I think even people like us would have forgiven him, maybe. We would have called him an idiot. But definitely the people on the left would be sympathizing. But anyway, we can move on from that. You're right. Okay, let's kill it. Uh, I will let you introduce the next topic. Well, okay, Michael Cohen, Trump's fixer lawyer for 10, I think 10 years, maybe, He's with him. Testified before Congress today. That's what it was called, a testify about Trump before Congress. And first off, he was he was originally brought to Congress and and lied under oath and got himself in trouble. I think all part of the Mueller investigation kind of wrapped him wrapped him up with this. And he ended up getting sentenced sentenced to prison for three years. Um, because he lied to Congress and they found tax frauds and he lied to a bank and and then somehow the payments to the uh, porn star that Trump was with that Michael Cohen arranged got him in trouble as well. 
So that kind of sucks because I'm not even sure any of that deserves prison time. If you if you think about it, I mean, you lie to Congress and that deserves prison time. Doesn't Congress and or doesn't government lie to us? Don't you think enough? Well, I yeah, I think politicians lie to us all the time, and the FBI apparently is allowed to lie to you, but you're not allowed to lie to them either. Uh, to me, anything you say to Congress or the FBI should be a, a First Amendment protected speech. So if you lie, well, that's fine. I, I don't think there should be any repercussions to that. You know, free speech is free speech, and I don't believe in this double standard where they can lie to you and you can't lie to them. Yeah, certainly not three years in prison. I mean, I don't want to defend this guy. He seems like a kind of sleazy guy, but three years that he's going to get, you know, ripped away from his family and his, his wife and he's going to have no husband just because he lied to Congress about some stuff. Right. Yeah. And it's a it's a good point maybe to start right there is that this dude being a fixer for Trump is probably pretty sleazy. And at the same time, although, you know, Donald Trump is our president, he is probably pretty sleazy as well. I think most people w would agree with that is that, you know, he's not a guy of high moral character. Yeah, I mean, that was baked into the cake with Trump, even among the people who voted for him, like even if me and you voted for him. We already figured, you know, he was probably doing porn stars. He's just a billionaire celebrity. Uh, we already figured, you know, so any immoral thing they find on him, they think it's going to be some bombshell thing. It's just really not. We already baked a lot of this into the cake. That's correct. I didn't think he was a great person. When the option came up to vote for him or Hillary, I just figured Hillary would start another major war, probably with Russia, much faster than Trump would uh, because of the way they both campaigned. And you could see how much of a war hawk Hillary was during her campaign and uh, evidence of what she did with uh, Barack Obama when she was working with him. It was just... Mm -hmm. It didn't seem like there was a country they didn't want to bomb or some kind of military leader or a uh, president someplace around the world, some kind of dictator they didn't want to overthrow. You know, they, they looked at the world as like a chess game that they could play with. And I didn't want that person to be, you know, the commander in the chief. Yeah. And like you said, we already knew or figured a lot of potentially immoral stuff about Trump, which does lead us to what they talked about today in the testimony. The Democrats thought this was going to be a huge bombshell. This this could potentially really be the silver dagger in, in Trump's administration. You know, this first and then the Mueller thing may be the final. But what he said today, there was really nothing at all in there. I'm not even sure why he was there. It was pretty much just a bunch of slanderous hearsay, you know, him just trash talking talking Trump because now he's being really vindictive. And uh, if anything, it exonerated him of some stuff. He, he said in there that he uh, didn't see himself any collusion personally between Trump and, and Russia. Hey, so Joey, why don't we, uh, I guess, start from the beginning. We have a, a CNN article that you sent me that went over some of the testimony Maybe you want to go through some of those those lines. I don't know if we have to do it verbatim, but... Yeah, I, I sent you this article, and 
it was from CNN. It was close after. It was pretty much right after the testimony finished. And it's funny is they updated it now. I noticed that they updated this article at 5:22 Eastern time, so 5:20 my time. But before it was updated, it was the the wording, the the way this guy wrote it. He was like, and this the hammer has been dropped, and boom, big bombshells by uh, by Michael Cohen. And he lays out his his point. You know, so let's go through a couple, a little, uh, not, not all of them, but let's go through some of them. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. So his point number one, this is what Michael Cohen said. Quote from Michael Cohen. I am ashamed because I know what Mr. Trump is. He is a racist and a con man. He is a cheat. So the, you know, this is Michael Cohen calling the Tr- Trump racist after working for 10 years. And that's the big, whoa, you know, he, he, um, he's admitting that Trump is racist, but First, this is a very vindictive guy right now. He, he, you can't really take his word on anything, and he didn't back this claim up with anything. One of his, one of his arguments for him being racist was we all heard that what he said about people from shit and called some countries shithole countries, you know, from some third world countries. That's one of his examples of the ten years he's been with Trump that he's racist. Correct me if I'm wrong. Those those were in fact shithole countries, right? They were, and they that saying that was not racist. It was just unpolitical talk. You know, me and you might even say the same thing. It was just normal kind of talk, and you're not being super polite. I mean, but it was true. Yeah, it's not racist, but that was one of Michael Cohen's, you know, one of one of his lines of evidence towards Mr. Trump being racist. So I think one of the countries Trump said that about was Haiti. Now, if you think about it, let's say. Someone, you know, your boss comes to you tomorrow and says, "Hey, Joey, uh, we're gonna we're gonna have to lay you off." However, we're opening an office in Haiti and we want to send you there. What would you say? Yeah, I wouldn't be too happy about that. <laughs> well, see, obviously, obviously, you're a racist. Yeah, according to some people, seriously, according to some people, that would make me racist. That's the world we're living in today. But uh, one of the other lines he said about Trump being racist, and this one sounds bad, so this one's gonna be the the big left-wing left-wing sort of line that that they talk about he's and um, i don't see this in articles so i'm trying to remember this off the top of my head michael cohen said that trump said have you ever seen a black guy run a successful country and this was when barack obama was a president so that's a that's sort of like a, a racist kind of line to say you know it's a very backhanded uh, uh is that the right word to say is it that that's not a nice looking line but again, it's it's this hearsay. It's just something that Michael Cohen said. Trump said, and Trump's gonna say I didn't say that. Right. So no recording whatsoever. No evidence. You. I mean, maybe he did. You know, but maybe he didn't. And there's nothing here. Those were it. That was it for Trump being a racist. Now think about it. This is ten years that he's been with Trump, and he clearly hates him right now. He wants to he wants to air all the dirty laundry. And all he has is Trump's racist because, hey, we all heard what he said about shithole countries. And one day he said one-liner about a black black guy running countries. And that's it? Allegedly said. Allegedly said that. So that's like, that's like no evidence. I mean, I, I would figure there'd be more, you know? Uh, what else? So, okay, so the next one, this was a big one. Of course, you know, when you, when you heard it from Cohen, he felt like he was really giving you the dirt here. Line two. This is Michael Cohen saying this. He was a presidential candidate who knew that Roger Stone was talking with Julian Assange about the WikiLeaks drop of the Democratic National Committee emails. And Michael Cohen said that 
Um, Roger Stone said to him, hey, Julian Assange is going to leak some emails about Hillary and the Democratic Committee. And Trump's response was, wow, that sounds good. Something like that. Sound, sound, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, it sounds exactly like something I would say. I know. We're all supposed to gasp, apparently, at, at the line that Trump said. Wouldn't that be great? It was funny because Michael Cohen, he said it all dramatically, and it was like a nice pause after he said that. And Trump responded, wouldn't that be great? Yeah, I think it probably would be, right? Yeah. Your, your opponent, someone's going to drop a bunch of dirt on your opponent. Yeah, that sounds good. Anybody running in opposition to someone else would be like, yeah, if there's dirt that comes out, how's that negative for me? That's good. And Michael Cohen, you could tell he thought that was a big deal, but it was really nothing. Okay, so another one that Michael Cohen thought was big deal was he has copies of the check that Trump wrote from his personal bank account after he became president to reimburse for, reimburse him for the hush money that he paid you know, to uh, whatever her name was, the porn star. So, um, yeah, we kind of figured that, you know, Trump slept with the porn star and then had his fixer pay her off and then he'd pay the fixer. I mean, this is nothing that really would lower Trump's approval rating. No, and I, I don't think, to me, whether it came from what checkbook is kind of irrelevant. This is something that Trump can clearly afford. And I know the Democrats are going to try to say, or, or someone's going to try to say it came, you know, from uh, some of the campaign money, and then that it violates campaign finance laws. Well, it, it's all a gray area, right? I mean, how do you know what money is coming from what account? You know, as soon as you start running for an office, or let's say for president of the United States, like are, are all your funds now considered campaign money? I mean, he did come into office, you know, as a billionaire, I mean, he's got plenty of money to do what he wants with on the side. I mean, to me, this is, you know, something he did in his immorality. He had this little fling with the porn star, and then he wanted the payer to keep, keep quiet. That sounds like a contract between two consenting adults, and I don't, I don't think that that's a, a big deal. If, if you're concerned about the morality of the man, well, yes, that's a, that's a problem for you. If you're not... Well, then, you know, this is, again, this is a legal contract between two people. Again, and I go back to, like, this was all kind of baked into the cake. And before we learned about it, I think, you know, if you ask what are the chances Trump slept with, you know, porn stars or, or cheated on his wife with a bunch of girls, you're, you're, I think you would say pretty damn high. Apparently, 60 million people that voted for him were able to overlook that. And they, they still wanted to go with, him over Hillary. And I guess part part of the problem that the Democrats lost in that last election is that they ran the absolutely worst, most immoral, and horrible candidate they could find in Hillary Clinton. Uh, I still believe that if Bernie was running against Trump, Bernie would have won. Um, you think Bernie would have beat Trump? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. I think they were both really bad candidates, Hillary and, and Bernie. I, I, I think Bernie's policies are bad, but he had and still does have a lot of a, a grassroots movement behind him. And it's easy for him to go out there and promise more and more free stuff to more and more people and to gain a lot of support. And he is kind of an anti-war guy, 
So he can still pull in um, even some of the non-socialist Democrats with that, some of the traditional Democrats that are anti-war. I, I, I just Hillary was so unlikable that it turned off so many people that they just didn't want to come out and vote. And then yeah. eventually Trump won. With But with Bernie, he's nowhere near as unlikable as Hillary. I mean, he may be absolutely crazy, and I think he is. He's a little, you know, we would call him batshit crazy. But he's not unlikable. He's kind of like Joe Biden. Joe Biden, he seems like he's a little out there and kind of slow, maybe, maybe stupid, I don't know. But he definitely seems a little slow, but he's not unlikable. And he, he would have been a much better option than Hillary, I think, for the Democrats in 2016. Biden, yeah. He still might not be a bad option, but I, I kind of find Bernie unlikable, to be honest. And and I know he he's big with the millennials. I'm not sure, you know, their their age and if all of them could vote right now. But I, I think they might do better with Bernie now than they would have. I don't know. I, I think the there's a lot of old sort of old school Democrats who who didn't like Bernie, thought he was too extreme. But just fast forward just literally just two, three years, and the base has moved even that much farther to the left that I think he'd get even more more votes than, than before. So it's moving so fast to the left, the Democrat Party. So I, I guess on a future podcast, we have to probably talk about the Democratic uh, nominees. My opinion right now, I would say that Bernie is going to be the front runner. Um, Cory Booker, I don't think stands a chance. Kamala Harris, I don't think stands a chance. And then the the fake Indian doesn't stand a chance. I, I really think Bernie's going to blow them all away. Um, and I, I think Bernie has, has a good chance of taking the next election, especially if we go into a recession. If the economy uh, continues to kind of move along the way it is, uh, doing, I guess some people say good, some people say not so good, but if it, if there isn't a big crash then Trump, I think, has a chance. If there's a big crash, I think Trump is gone. Oh, uh, man, you're going into territory that we could go on to for a while about. But yeah, if the if any of this bubbled up sort of economy bursted while Trump was still here, then absolutely, then it's a Bernie Sanders, for sure. I've said that for a long time. Right, right. So I'm kind of hoping that Hillary decides to run again. I, I think that would be so damaging to that entire party it's so obvious that it'd be so damaging that I, I feel like they'd have to talk to her and tell her not to run. She's got a lot of power, and this woman craves power. So it would be tough to talk her out of it. Speaking power, of having a lot of power and craving power, that's one of the things that Michael Cohen wanted to make clear in his testimony today. That was a, that was a good redirection, Joey. Thank you. <laughs> I, it reminded me because I thought that was so stupid. Like Cohen was trying to tell us that, make no mistake, Trump is president and wanted to become president for self gain. He's selfish and it's he loves power and that's why he wanted to become president. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's why everyone wants to become president nowadays. You think Hillary it was just like for the good of the country? That's why she's you know with Bill Clinton still. And I mean, she wanted, she wants power. She wants to be power hungry and become president. I think, you know, nowadays before back in the old days, and, and you know, your history more than me, you were around when the, the model T was, was still driving, I think. And when you were a politician, it, it was a second job. It wasn't even your main job. You know, it was just something you did literally for the good. But, but nowadays you, when these guys get like 500,000 a year and then if you, you know, as president and you get security for your life, I mean, it's a huge, big, powerful gig. 
Yeah, back in the day, I mean, I remember having personal conversations with George Washington. Yeah, that's what I thought. And, you know, he might have been the very last president that actually didn't really want to take office. Uh, maybe everybody else since then had something personal to gain out of it. But I, th I, I kind of remember my history a little bit where George just really wasn't that interested and then they kind of talked him into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I think there was probably even a lot more, and not just presidential presidents. You know, it's just other politicians. It was something you did for the good on the side, and I don't even know if there's money involved in it. But nowadays, it's you're a celebrity. It's it's massive. It's the biggest job. It's it's glamorous. There's a ton of money involved. I mean, gosh, Hillary makes so much money just for being a celebrity politician. Barack Obama's the the Obamas now make a ton of money. I don't know exactly how. I guess like. $200,000 a speech. So yeah, every saying that he became president because uh, of power and self-interest. Uh, yeah, we, we kind of get that. And it's not, I, it's not just a Trump thing. It's pretty much an every, every person thing. Okay. So let's get back to the testimony. Well, that was one of it, to be honest, that was one of the things Michael Cohen was, was trying to make clear, but there's one really funny one. I, I really love this. Cause again, Michael Cohen said this with such like drama and he's like, you know, I got to tell you guys. So let me read this. He, this is from Michael Cohen. He says, Don Jr. came into the room and walked behind his father's desk, which in itself was unusual. People don't just walk behind Mr. Trump's desk to talk to him. I recalled Don Jr. leaning over to his father and speaking in a low voice, which I could clearly hear, and saying, the meeting is all set. I remember Mr. Trump saying, okay, good. Let me know. So that was it? I mean, this guy is telling Congress, like, guys, this is this – is, big deal. Don Jumer, he walked behind Trump's desk to tell him something. It doesn't normally happen. It's Don Jr. It's his, it's his father. So he walked up to his father and said, the meeting's all set. They run a business. I'm pretty sure there's like 50 meetings a day. And Trump goes, okay, good. Let me know. So Cohen is trying to say, I think this was about the Trump Tower meeting between you know uh, Don Jr. and the Russians promising dirt on Clinton. I, I was willing to give Trump a pass up until you just told me that. How could he let his son walk behind a desk like that? It's just disgusting. It is disgusting, yeah. I don't know what to say. I, I'm going to I'm gonna vote for Bernie now. Yeah, and and the meeting is set? Are you serious? And, and Trump's response is, okay, good, let me know. That's some damning stuff. Sounds like a, a little bit of a nothing burger there as well. Cohen literally said, I, I think they were talking about the Russian meeting at the Trump Tower, I think. So if we get into that just a tiny bit, I know we're going off script on the, uh, the Cohen testimony, but the, the Trump Tower meeting was basically someone calling up or somehow getting in touch with Don Jr. saying, hey, I've got dirt on Hillary. Do you want to know what it is? And then he was like, yeah, of course I want to know. And that was pretty much the end all and be all of it, wasn't it? For as far as I know, that's exactly what it was about. And again, if that gets you in trouble, then something's just kind of really screwed up here. I mean, how is that going to get you in trouble? Yeah, no, I mean, it just makes perfect sense. If so, if I was running for an office and my opponent, you know, there was dirt came out on them. Somebody called me and was like, hey, I got dirt on so-and-so. Do you want to hear about it? Like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do anything with the dirt, but yeah, tell me about it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I guess it looked worse because it was Russia and this might prove that they were in cahoots. I mean, it, there was nothing there. I mean, so this whole thing, it was stupid to begin with. And, and it sounded more like a setup than anything else. 
oh, I can't get into the facts on that one off the top of my head, but you can go and watch the videos and read articles about how it was a setup. They have pretty damning evidence that the whole thing was set up by Democratic uh, Democrat operatives and and actors there. They're trying to set up Trump Jr. Yep. Right, and it just speaks to more of the whole you know fake dossier on Trump uh, that Hillary's team paid for and then they sent that to the fbi i mean it's a whole bunch of yeah you know this the whole russian collusion thing so far with the 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 senate committee that looked at it said there's no collusion i'd be shocked at this point if the Mueller investigation showed any sort of collusion if anything they're going to probably have to fabricate evidence on trump at this point it just doesn't make sense that trump is an agent of putin's uh or is working with putin to become president as some kind of Manchurian candidate or something. It's just the whole, it, the whole thing is retarded. And you can do all that stuff with the fake dossier and all this kind of crap and not get in trouble. But if you lie to Congress about, you know, the talks about a meeting, then you can go to jail apparently. Yeah. Don't, don't get me started on that. Okay. Let's get back into the uh, testimony. So after all of the, slanders and hearsay stuff that really meant nothing at all and they they were all didn't really implicate trump in any way one of the things he did say was i'm quoting again mr trump did not directly tell me to lie to congress that's not how he operates and this is in relation to the report that um that trump directed him to lie to congress about the the moscow real estate business you know and his his dealings with that because they, that's one of the lies he did to Congress. He said that him, that Trump wasn't talking about the real estate project in Moscow anymore, but they were really, and he lied about that to Congress. So he's actually telling him, telling Congress that Trump didn't direct me to do that, and that was a big article back in the day. You know, BuzzFeed's the one who ran with it, saying that they've heard a report that Trump was directing Cohen to lie, and now we know that's not true. Right. So now, I mean, it kind of ex- exonerates Trump a little bit about that. And, you know, just personally, I, I don't really care that Trump was possibly trying to build a hotel or a building in Moscow. And I don't think that that's illegal and whether he's a presidential candidate or not. And it wouldn't be unusual either for him. He's got buildings all over the place. Right. And I, I think he, he scrapped the project when it started to look like he was gaining traction and he was doing better in the polls and he was beating everybody. Yeah, I believe so. I'm not totally sure on that, but I believe that's, that's the case. But yeah, it was a big deal though for left-wing media and CNN to say that Trump directed Cohen to lie to Congress. Cause that sounds bad, you know, but no, apparently he didn't. So after all this, you know, Michael Cohen wanted to, you know, slander uh, Trump. He actually exonerates him on one of the biggest one of the biggest thing points of the whole entire thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely blown away by this testimony. I'm gonna gonna try to retract my Trump vote in 2016 if I can. It was all very like tattletale-y. I mean, and, and stuff that was so petty. Like one of the ones was was um, him telling Congress about how Trump wanted him to go and go to his old schools, colleges, and high schools and threaten them to not reveal his SAT scores. And what that probably means is like, you know, I'm sure Trump gives money to these schools and he probably threatened to pull the money out if you, you know, betray my my privacy. Um, Because, you know, that's not a big deal at all. 
and so what? Trump's SAT scores are probably maybe they're not stellar, and he didn't want it made a big deal of that. He got mediocre SAT scores. Well, it is his privacy. Uh, you know, I mean, he don't he wants them to just keep that stuff secret. So it's not a big deal. That seems like normal kind of dealings that would go on. Yeah, I mean, and, and Trump being Trump with the uh, the narcissist that he is, I, I I don't care. That doesn't bother me that he, he asked them not to release scores. I mean, let's say he didn't do as well as maybe he would have wanted to do, and he didn't want that coming out because, you know, how Trump is. Everything he says is like, I'm the greatest. I've got the best blood pressure in the world. I'm the healthiest. Uh, this is the best deal you're going to get. I'm the best deal maker. All that kind of stuff. It doesn't doesn't fit in with this program if he got like an 800 on his SATs. No, it's not really a big deal. It's just funny how Cohen was was like really trying to. This was one of his big points. You know, he's airing all this out. If you think about it again, like I said, he was going to deliver all the dirt he had because that's how angry he was and that's how vindictive he wanted to be. And this is the points we're getting. A bunch of bunch of nothing. Right. So. I think we, both and I independently have reviewed this, and we both agree that this was a big nothing burger. There were no bombshells dropped here. And, you know, CNN and all the other networks that are anti-Trump are going to just be all over this now for the next weeks to days. I mean, who knows? They're going to go crazy with this and try to infer a lot of things from this testimony that just don't exist. They're all going to be made up and they're going to run with their whatever story with their, you know, Trump derangement syndrome that they're going to want to run. You know, I, I think so a little bit, but I don't even know if they can run with much here. I think it was so much of a nothing burger. The only thing they could run with was the quote about black people, which, you know, could or could not have been true. And, um, I, I think they're all going to be really upset by this. And now they're going to have to wait for the Mueller to come out more than to come out yeah i i kind of have to disagree with you joey i think they will find something in the testimony e- even if it's something they have to completely embellish above and beyond what cohen said because uh they do make money having you know eyes on the screen and they will bring in experts from all over the place to talk about you know, Trump's psychology, you know, if he's crazy or uh, what's what's wrong with him, that he sleeps with hookers and all. they're going to any angle you can think of. They're going to come up with a story with to uh, for ratings, basically. And wh- whether they hate him or not, I mean, you're talking about media that makes a big deal over what his wife wears and that Trump might eat pizza with a fork. Yeah, you're right. They have some angles, and they're gonna go with them those angles. And but we all know it's nothing, and it's the same fake news that's you know been trying to dish out dirt forever now. So it's not really gonna reach anybody. I think at the end of the day, this was a big disappointment for the Democrats. A couple of good things that may have come out were just that uh, Cohen said that he was never directed by Trump to lie, and that there was no collusion. So now we have. Cohen, as well as the Senate committee, uh, the intelligence committee that looked at the collusion thing, both saying no collusion. So if Mueller comes out and says there was collusion, he better have some serious evidence. And Cohen said um, he didn't see any collusion, but he wanted to make you aware that Trump's desire to win would have would have had him work with anybody. So he's he's saying that it's not out of the realm of possibility 
that he colluded, but he didn't see it happen. So, Joey, I think there's one more thing that was kind of key that we forgot to mention during the testimony. Cohen said that he had never been to Prague. So this is big, because if you remember, Cohen has been denying traveling to Prague to meet with the Russian operatives during the Trump campaign for a while now. And he just again testified that he had never went to Prague. So this alleged infamous Steele dossier came from Cohen supposedly going to Prague to meet the Russians. So his testimony completely refutes both the Steele dossier, in which the former British spy Christopher Steele alleged that Cohen traveled to Prague uh, to meet with uh, a Kremlin official. Um, I think his name was Konstantin Kozachev, supposedly a member of the Russian legislature with close ties to Vladimir Putin. Anyway, so this Steele dossier, which was indirectly uh, funded by the Clinton campaign through a law firm and alleged that Cohen met with these Russian officials and some European hackers in Prague to discuss that uh, how deniable cash payments were to be made to the hackers in Europe under Kremlin direction against the Clinton campaign. So, of course, many of the allegations in the Steele dossier remain unsubstantiated, and Steele himself has conceded that only 70 to 90 percent of the DOCA is accurate. So now, under oath, Cohen says he's never been to Prague. This completely shoots another hole into this whole Steele dossier paid for by, you know, the Clintons. And this is another feather in the cap for Trump. The media will probably spin it in such a way that the Steele dossier is still relevant. But again, kind of like the whole Smollett case, it smelled pretty bad from the beginning and it's not smelling any better. So thanks again for listening to the Liberty on Fire podcast. If you get a chance, please visit our website at libertyonfire.org. And please, if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a rating and hopefully a five-star review. And thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed the show.